Good evening, Boston. Welcome to BNN News. I'm Faith Amaphidon. Thanks for tuning in. It's Latinx Heritage Month, and we celebrated right in the heart of Boston, where people from across the Latinx diaspora came together in pride and unity. On Tuesday, spirits were high as city employees gathered to celebrate Latinx Heritage Month at Boston City Hall Plaza. The event, co-hosted by the city's Equity and Inclusion Cabinet and Latinx Employee Resource Group, included a vibrant lineup of live music, Latin food, and cultural dancing. We are here celebrating our Latino Heritage Month. This is important for us as Latinos to show our culture, our food, our music, show that we are happy people, we are humble, we are human beings, and that is our culture, Latinos. The Latinx Heritage Month is very important for us, not only as city employees who get to actually celebrate our different cultures for the Caribbean from South and Central America, uh, but also the people that are around City Hall Plaza. They get to come out here and see the different clothes from Mexico, how it relates to the Caribbean flavor of being a Hispanic. So this is very important, not only for us, but it's also important that we showcase our culture to other people that may not know that there are some nuances and differences within the Hispanic community. From the flags to impassioned steps, the evening underscored the diversity of the Latinx community and their pride in sharing their culture with the city. We have 21 countries that are representative of the Latino culture, so it's very, it's very uh, diverse, it's very different from each other. There's so much that brings us together and there's also so many things that, that makes us distinct and, and unique. I'm extremely excited to be here today, not only as a Latina, I came to this country when I was five years old, so to see myself reflected in the culture, to see us celebrating ourselves and each other, it is part of what Latino Heritage Month is all about, is creating space for us to see ourselves, to celebrate our work. It's very emotional, right, because we all come to this country from different parts of the world, but we're all here together recognizing our, our similarities and celebrating the Hispanic culture. Boston City Hall Plaza was the perfect backdrop for the party since the Latinx community is an essential piece of our city's cultural fabric and history. We're all part of the Boston family and we don't come from the same cultures but there's so much that we can learn and build together to make the city a better place. Uh, this is a place for family, it's a place for us to come together and share what we have in common, the differences that we have and the many things that kind of bring a little bit of flavor to the city, like all the other cultures. I'm so proud of being a first-generation Latina because we come from a community, a, a family that are fighters, that have built things together, that have created things together. You look at the United States and so many of the movements have been started by the Latino community as well. And so I'm just so proud of being here today under the mayor, under Mayor Wu, who, who sees us and understands our, our value. Boston Public Library is encouraging residents to learn more about Latinx history and culture with a robust program of events through October 15th. And to whet your film appetite, next Wednesday, September 27th, is the start of Cinefest Latino Boston, the first annual film festival highlighting stories by and about Latinos. To find out more about the lineup and how to get tickets, cinefestlatino.com. In West Roxbury, affordable housing advocates are breathing a sigh of relief with the grand opening of apartment homes at Parkway 1208. These were the final touches leading up to the long-awaited ribbon-cutting of West Roxbury's brand-new Parkway 1208 apartments. 
and the daffodils were thrilled at the prospect to welcome 60 families to their new home. It is the best day when we're able to announce that residents are able to move into new homes that will give them the stability and the opportunity to access everything that Boston is doing. It's especially exciting when those units are uh, mixed income apartments with affordability. It's exciting when these units are here in a neighborhood where we have been working really hard to site affordable rental housing and that we need to do more. This, this development, um, Parkway 1208, is the first new construction of affordable housing in West Roxbury in 10 years. And so we're excited to get there and um, find the space to make this happen. Made possible by B'nai B'rith Housing, the mixed income apartments will welcome people of all walks of life, including those transitioning out of homelessness. Parkway 1208 offers state-of-the-art amenities, such as energy-efficient heating and cooling systems and Energy Star-rated appliances, in addition to a fitness room, community room, and green space courtyard. It's no wonder so many are lining up to live here. These 60 units had 4,800 people on the wait list to get 60 units. That tells you everything you need to know about the huge demand that is out there for folks to have this kind of safe, you know, healthy, uh, housing uh, for families uh, and individuals. Uh, everybody in Massachusetts needs housing, right? It's a basic fundamental need uh, shelter. Uh, but it's also something more important. It's dignity. When people have a safe, appropriate place to live, they have dignity to conduct their lives. Uh, and that is what we owe each other. Proponents for affordable housing want more developers to follow suit and build accessible housing in a city that desperately needs it. What this development means is 60 units for 60 families. Living in housing like this creates an opportunity to increase people's quality of life. Access to jobs, access to schools, support services in the building, all kinds of different aspects that will benefit the lives of these families to be able to thrive in West Roxbury. We return to Boston City Hall Plaza where veterans lay down their burdens to receive the care and attention they deserve. A touch of warmth goes a long way. Last Friday, veterans' needs were met at the 2023 Greater Boston Stand Down for Veterans at Boston City Hall Plaza. The one-day event hosted by the New England Center and Home for Veterans was a chance for federal, state, and local care providers to give back to the servicemen and women who have sacrificed so much for our country. What this means to me is an opportunity to see my brothers all here, people who need the, the help, the clothing, the shoes, the blankets, and also what inspires me is the people who are volunteering their time to give back to, to all the veterans here. I think that's so important. And it means a lot of love here. The TLC means a lot for us veterans. And it's, uh, we come here every year to stand down to get our TLC and it's like the services that we get are pretty much given back to us for all that we've done. Without these services that New England Center offers, you know, these veterans win for their life for us. And, you know, we want to offer them as best as we can with substances or mental health services. You know, we offer round-the-clock care of counselors, you know, case management. And, you know, we want to make sure that they don't end up back on the street. No service was too small for veterans who received anything from haircuts 
medical and dental care, to clothing and shoes. The simple act of being seen and attended to let all who came know that they mattered and are not forgotten. To me, Operation Stand Down, it's, uh, it's very important because those people, they serve our country, they give everything that they had and sometimes, believe me or not, it's not easy to come back from a deployment and coming back and have the support. I feel sometimes we don't have the correct support and giving a little bit to those people, it's important to come back to their feet, you know. Something like a piece of clothing, a meal or like a haircut or a dent, the dentist's appointment, check their teeth, anything. Anything help. The country as a society and as a people have committed to support our citizens who have raised their right hand and sworn to support and defend the Constitution and serve as a members of our military to protect us, protect our country and protect our freedoms and interests around the world. So I think all of us have come together to help deliver on that pledge, public, private, uh, all manners of, of our society to serve and support and enable veterans to achieve the success that they desire and certainly have deserved the right to aspire to and achieve. Since 1989, NECHV has equipped veterans at risk of homelessness with the tools and care to live dignified, self-sufficient lives. For those walking away Friday, hopefully their steps felt a bit lighter. City Life Vita Urbana was active in Arlington over the weekend, protesting with residents upended by substantial rent increases. Tenants of 840-846 Mass Ave in Arlington rallied in protest of triple-digit rent increases, from $375 to $700 a month, under threat of eviction, and the corporate landlord, Torrington Properties, who has refused negotiation. Members of the Arlington Tenants Association were joined by other Boston housing advocates. In this building, in November, Torrington was listing an, a, a, a studio apartment at $1,800 per month. In August, the, 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 the same apartment was posted at $2,300 per month. That's $400, $500 difference, and nothing changed except they just put the rent up. That's not market rate. That's a market rate they're making themselves. It's going on everywhere with these corporate landlords and the intimidation of uh, tenants. You know, unsanitary conditions. If they're an $800 million company, you know, nobody on the board of directors has bed bugs in their homes, has roaches and mice going around. So it's okay for the people that are paying them to live in subhuman conditions. City Life Vita Urbana stood by the Torrington Properties tenants, as well as the larger statewide fight for rent control, with Bill S1299H2103, which will enable cities and towns to stabilize rents and cap increases at 5%, in addition to banning no-fault evictions. According to the Boston Globe, rent increased across Boston 14% in 2022, and in some areas up to 20% making Massachusetts the third highest rental market in the U.S. Working families spend more than a third of their income on rent, and low-income families are forced to move further from their jobs or relocate entirely. People are faced with this, as other speakers have said, all over the Boston metropolitan area, all over the state, and all over the country. A massive, massive housing crisis that is really violent in terms of its effect on people's homes, their health, mental and physical, on their communities. It's violence. Violence just for more profit for corporations to displace people. 
The Arlington community's protest mirrors frustrations felt across Massachusetts as affordable housing becomes less and less abundant. In what many have referred to as a state housing crisis, the Massachusetts Housing Partnership estimates that Greater Boston is about 38,000 housing units short of what we need today. We have landlords focused on the bottom line. Uh, many of them are literally only focused on the money, not realize these are people's homes. Uh, we've now seen uh, double-digit uh, increases in rent and, and now uh, people are being displaced and then that costs the state money if they have to go into a homeless shelter or they need health care services or other services because they've been displaced. So it actually saves the state money to keep people housed. So it's not just social and economic justice, it's about saving money and about economic competitiveness. In nearly every culture, elders are honored for their wisdom and resilience. This is especially true for those who have lived long enough to watch the world change for over a century. Recently, BNN News producer Natalie Candler joined a very special group of seniors at the State House. Here's the story. Last Wednesday, the Massachusetts Executive Office of Elder Affairs and the Central Boston Elder Services hosted the 10th Annual Centenarian Ceremony where 11 individuals were commemorated at the State House for reaching age 100 or older. It's so important to honor our centenarians, and uh, one of the reasons why we, we do this is because these individuals have decades of life experience, and they have so much wisdom to offer just about their longevity and what it takes to make it to 100. I mean, let's face it, that's not something that people do every day, so reaching that mark is something that we truly have to honor and celebrate. Receiving the royal treatment, the centenarians were praised for their long lives and awarded an official citation from the Massachusetts State Senate, with all honorees inducted into the Centenarian Society of Boston, class of 2023. Well, you know, such an emphasis in this country on youth uh, that we felt as though, hey, listen, why not call attention to centenarians, those who reached 100 or older, as uh, a tribute to their longevity, life experiences, and how they live. The recognized elders hail from all over Boston, nearly all of them immigrants from Cuba, Guatemala, China, Russia, and the Dominican Republic. Although most weren't born here, they hold so much admiration for the Bay State. Let me tell you, I love Massachusetts. I, I was, um, I proud a lot. But anyway, anywhere I went, I think Massachusetts, no, Massachusetts better. I think it's a good. A good idea, you know, the, 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 the government of Massachusetts, they care about the old people because uh, I see in another states they don't do anything like this, like this. And um, it's good because we are very, we are old. And when we are old, you look at a lot of things, you know, and sometimes your mind don't work very good. But something like that is, is you, you become like a, again, like a, 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 a new life. Despite their differences, they shared a common thread, the importance of family. 
My good memorism is to have a good life with my family. And for God given me that health and strength that I should live a hundred years old. And regardless of the year on their birth certificates, these seniors are still full of life. With a century's worth of experience, they had plenty of wisdom to offer younger people. What's the secret to a long life? <laughs> Do whatever I want. <laughs> Do whatever I want and eat whatever I want. Well, it's not a secret. The only thing you know is I don't drink because alcohol is not very good. And, um, and especially to live with, uh, with God. I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I keep on moving in. So I have to thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for that great thing He has done to me. Their lives are truly a blessing, and we wish them many more birthdays. For over 40 years, Central Boston Elder Services, CBES, has served the elder and disabled community in the city, providing services that uphold their dignity and worth. Royal Bowling Jr., Board of Directors President at CBES, joined us in studio to reflect on Boston centenarians and share the organization's resources. Here's our conversation. Can you talk a little bit about why it's important to honor centenarians and what exactly it takes to get to the point of living to be 100 years old? Well, living to be 100 years old is part mystery, part hope, belief. Um, the reason why we did it, uh, honored the centenarians at Central Boston is because we wanted to highlight the challenges, opportunities, um, the good things about reaching 100 years of age. Uh, as you know, we honored 11 centenarians. Right. It's a total of 1,100 years of life. Wow. When you look at it that way, it really says, wow, 1,100 years of life uh, from 11 individuals, totally different backgrounds, experiences, ethnicities, races. And 100 years later, they're still here sharing their experiences, sharing their stories of life. Uh, people who uh, experience many different um, uh, elements and experiences in their life. Um, just think for a moment, over the last hundred years, uh, was before any of the modern medical um, uh, medicines that we have today, mm. before the internet, cell phones, in many cases, depending upon where they lived at that time, before electricity, uh, commercial aviation. Um, so they a living history for us to not only share, but to ask them, hey, what was your experience growing up? Can you share that with me? 
And I think they're living history books hmm. that we should take advantage of, especially our young children, should have a sit down with their parents, with their great parents, um, ask them questions about what was it like growing up in the 30s or the 40s or the 50s. And uh, so I think from a perspective of sharing history and life experiences, uh, it's to be noted, it should be recognized. Secondly, I think for young, uh, young adults, 100 years of age is something that is more than just luck. It's more than something that you hope for. Uh, living to be 100 years of age is part science, part biology, mm. part uh, heritage, genealogy. Um, but when you get to be 80 and 90 years old, a lot has to do with your will to live. You choose to live to be 100. In many cases, it's not an accident. If you are surrounded by family, surrounded by love, have purpose, reasonably good health, living independent, uh, these are things, these are positive elements that make you want to live to be at least 100. Hmm. And I think uh, that is very, very important. It's not just a prescription, a doctor's visit, or a medical procedure but it's also those elements, the psychological elements that add quality and meaning to life. That's so interesting that you say that, that a big portion of the uh, centenarians that we, we saw at the event, having that will, the mm -hmm. desire to, to make it to that age. And I'd love to talk more about CBES. Um, can you share a little bit about the history of the organization and the services that you provide for our senior and disabled mm -hmm. population? Well, you know, the origins of Central Boston really started from a small church on Shaman Avenue in Roxbury. And it started from a group of women who saw their uh, other parishioners aging, needing services, so they band together, help prepare meals, um, took them to doctor's visits, um, offered comfort, personal care. So it was a very small uh, beginning, uh, origins of Central Boston, born out of love and care for other people. Very humble beginnings. Over the years, it expanded, uh, we grew, we, uh, caseload expanded. Uh, to today, it's almost 10,000 clients that we serve. Um, the goal and the mission of Central Boston is to provide quality home-based care, health care, to keep people from going to nursing homes, helping them stay home, independent and around their families. So we provide uh, a lot of services, uh, meals on wheels, transportation, uh, home-based cleaning services, um, dental uh, care. Um, so these things add quality and help a person remain at home and independent and not going to a nursing home. Studies have found that people who are elderly who remain at home 
with supportive services, live longer and have a better quality of life, as opposed to those who are not receiving services, not living independently, living in nursing homes, have a shorter period of life living in a nursing home. So there's definite uh, empirical uh, and scientific data that shows elderly who get home-based services, live independently in their homes, live a better quality life for a longer period of time. That's our mission. That's our goal. Working with the Executive Office of Elder Affairs has pro provided the, much of the funding, policies and procedures that make that possible to provide home-based services to keep uh, the elderly living independently at home. Hmm. That's amazing. It's good to know that our elderly, they have options. They don't have to feel that the nursing home is the only option for them. Well, you know, it's not only an option for the, uh, for the uh, elder person himself, but it's for the family. You know that the most uh, elders get uh, supportive care from a family member, but they're squeezing it in between their job, a, uh, uh, and other obligations to take care of a parent. Mm. And it, it creates a lot of pressure and stress on families. And that's why we provide services to help alleviate some of the stress on families to take care of their uh, elder parents or relatives. Mm. And how can communities continue to support our elders and disabled? Well, I think First of all, uh, we uh, serve the needs of elders 60 years of age or older, okay, is to reach out to uh, Central Boston Elder Services, um, number one. Number two is start planning for taking care of an elder, a parent, relative, sibling, um, early on and not wait until a medical emergency um, occurs, uh, you can always call us, we'll sit down with you and advise you on what steps to take uh, to help uh, alleviate the transition between uh, uh, elders in, in terms, as they go through the age cycle. So if you start off at 60, don't wait until you're 80. Right. Okay, because there are a lot of programs in between that can uh, supplement services that are being provided um, and make the whole living experience, the experience of becoming, of becoming elder, uh, elderly uh, easier on you. So um, start early. Uh, we have a lot of information that we can share with family members. Um, also, it's very, very important that elders themselves become advocates for their own interest. Many times elders uh, become overwhelmed because of their own personal needs. And they don't know how to reach out to family members or to agencies like Central Boston Elder Services. So they have to become more uh, of an advocate for themselves. But we can help them with that process. You know? So um, those are the two elements that I would really uh, encourage elders to and their families. Start early, don't wait to a medical emergency, 
uh, occurs uh, and become an, your own best advocate. Thanks for tuning in, Boston. As a reminder, you can stream or watch the news on demand at bnnmedia.org. Each episode will be rebroadcast at 9.30 p.m. and 11 p.m. on Xfinity Channel 9, Astound Channel 15, and Files Channel 2161. And make sure to check out our BNN HD Xfinity Channel 1072. You can also hear us on the radio Fridays at 7.30 and 9 p.m. and Monday through Thursday at 9 p.m. For BNN News, I'm Faith Amaphidon. I'll see you next Friday.